As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I started out with less student loans, and yet the number just keeps going up. That's because of the interest rates. Yes. Hello, and welcome to Financial's podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I am your host and also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here with my guest today. I'm so bad at names. Athea, to get right. Yes, Althea. Althea. You say, it sounds much better when you say it. Um, kind of like my my sister's code name, Natasha, just has a better ring when you say it. Um, so fill us in, um, age, status, income, where you are, all that jazz. Sure. So I am 41 and I am married with my partner. And we have two kids. We have a seven-year-old and a just-turned five-year-old um, who is getting out of preschool soon. Thank goodness, because preschool is really expensive. So, um, and I work. So my current job is I am what's called non-tenure track. So I work in academia. I teach uh, literature and creative writing. Um, at a public university, at a big public university in Virginia. Okay. And then my partner also works at this university, and he's the reason we're here. Uh, he is tenure track, Got it. Um, which is a really key difference <laughs> in our <laughs> lives. And I'm a poet. He's an artist. Um, so it's very exciting. Uh, we recently were able to buy a house. And I can talk about that. But part of the reason I'm so excited to be on this podcast is because um, as part of my position as this non-tenure track position I'm in, it is a three-year position. It's kind of like a postdoc, but it's not a postdoc. And so it has, I've already been at the university for four years and they've been able to renew my position once. But basically, in my positions being renewed this year, and then in three years, it cannot be renewed again. Ooh. Yes. It's a it's weird. It's not normally like this, but there's a word holdover of the like I'm at the instructor level. And there's nobody in my department who is of like a multi-year renewable. Nobody's gonna retire. Anytime in those three years, basically. <laughs> nobody and you know, the academic job market has cratered. So, and it's not going to recover anytime soon. 
And um, so for me, I, and also my job is a ton of work <laughs> and I mean, it's fine. I love to work actually. But um, so what I want to do is use this three year mark um, to say, okay, I am leaving academia and I'm going to work as a children's book author. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a master's in creative writing. Um, and so it's not as if it's like something that's like a giant step. And right. I also have a background in arts administration and program coordination. So um, so I have spreadsheets, as you can see. <laughs> you have, you have. I want to say, one of the most intense spreadsheets I've looked at. So we are going to have to take some time to walk through it for our listeners who don't have the pleasure <laughs> of looking at it. Um, so you are very good at spreadsheets. Yeah, and I've managed budgets, obviously, for other organizations before. Now my own, and now, you know, obviously now managing my own budget. Um <laughs> So, yeah, but, and, you know, when we, when I originally contacted you, I was trying to think, so my partner and I were just really trying to think ahead of like, okay, I'm going to do this really big pivot in my life and we want to go into it as prepared as possible. And I know you've kind of talked to entrepreneurs and I'd sort of be an entrepreneur, I suppose, but sort of not. Um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be freelancing. Yeah, that's yeah I'd be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think so. Because it's mu- it's about getting contracts. And Correct. so is the way it works. Um, and so, and doing other things like teaching classes. And there's kind of, um, as artists and poets, like we are often um, applying for grants and kind of getting extra money on the side um, gigs, you know, to make more money. So, yeah. and can you, can you do me a favor just because I'm not as familiar with academia? So yeah. I, think I, I think I understand it, but um so with your husband being tenure track, that means he, after so many years, will be secured at that position at the school yes. and then can retire from there. Or ultimately, that would be the goal, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We originally were hoping to move back west where our family is. But like I said, at this point, uh, getting an academic job is like a diamond in a mine. So we're like, oh, okay. So we're really here now. And in some ways that's really nice. So yeah, he has two years till he gets tenure. And then, yeah, his job is like secure, but it's also academia. So um, he'll get like a bump. He'll get like a $5,000 bump when he gets tenure um, in his salary. But other than that, it's really not going to go up. <laughs> So that's something to know, you know, because I know for sometimes other people, they expect to go up in their careers, but that's not how academia works. We might get a little raises, um, you know, as government workers, quality of, you know, little raises, but we really kind of flatlines out. It really doesn't go up. Well, no, and that's important, definitely important to note. And so then between, because we'll do this as household income, yeah? So, sure. so total monthly coming, or not monthly. Um, total income for the year is approximately of the 2021 would be 108,000. Yes. And that's our, cause we just got a little 5% raise. It's going to start soon. Very exciting <laughs> um, for government workers. Woo! And um, also, but that doesn't include, so this year to date between the two of us, between grants and gigs and my partner is going to do um, a summer class Oh, we great. Have, yeah, so we have this extra 11,400. From that, side hustles, essentially. Yes, yeah. our, our artistic side hustles. 
basically. Perfect. Okay. And that will be for this year. Okay. And then I have a couple questions first. And so then we also have the, you're going to be getting the 2021 tax credits. Yes. Starting in July. So it's per month. It's going to be a thousand one hundred a month. Um, so for the next six months, it's going to be about 6,600. Perfect. Okay. And then, okay. So then my question is, so with your income, it looks like it's barely close, but your income, um, and this is your net is 2798 a month. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's essentially when we're talking about, you know, doing that pivot down the road, we'll, we'll see how the budget works out with this number. And then yes. what do we shoot? Cause we have to figure out what we're shooting for with the pivot. Right. And so yes. we'll work with these numbers now. And then I'll just keep that in mind that that's your net monthly income there. Um, okay, perfect. All right. So age, kids, profession, income. All right. So would you like to walk me through, where should we start here? Should we talk, let's let's talk about, let's go through your expenses first. Sure. So we just bought a house, which is really exciting. Congrats. That's very exciting. Thank you. And we actually, even though it's insane right now, we were able to get a house for 275,000. So we were approved for more, but thinking again about ahead, this career change, we didn't want to do like basically we were approved for like up to 315,000 and we were like, no, 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 no. Goodness. Cause they always like to make you house poor. Yes. And so we've just been really thinking like, okay, if in three years, you know, we're making this huge shift. Um, so we, so the way we compromise, we were originally thinking like, okay, we'd ideally get a house for 250. Um, but none of those were anywhere close to where we work. And so our compromise was we'll get a house, this house we found for 275 and we only have one car. And so we're just going to keep one car. It's close to the kids' school. It's bikeable and it's oh, bikeable to the um, to our work also. So we're like, OK, this way we can still be close in. And because we realized if we were going to go where the houses were cheaper, we'd have to buy a second vehicle. Right. So, and so more, two car insurances, gas. Yes. Gas up. Yes. So we were like, all right, 275 is in the sweet spot in the middle. Um, so we and we just bought it and we just closed in April and oh, very recent. Yes. Yeah, super recent. <laughs> Um, yeah. And it's at a good rate. It's like at a 3.325 is an amazing rate, you know? Um, yeah. So we have, so that's our, that's our giant debt is that, um, we have 260,000 plus basically we have 270,000 in a mortgage. So that's like $1,879 a month. And that includes like the mortgage insurance, flood insurance, home insurance, property tax. It's all like a big bundle. (laughs) One payment. And then it looks like, and they did your closing costs separate? Yeah, we were able to get one of the zero closing costs. Like we, um, we paid our closing costs, but I forget how it works exactly. Like we didn't have to pay closing costs for our own um, FHA loan. The version okay. of the loan we got, which was so that's why they've got that that little tiny. There's a funny little so there's two hundred sixty thousand, and then there's a little ten thousand. 
um, mortgage. So, which is sort of funny because they're both for 30 years, but one is a lot smaller than the other. <laughs> um, and then we have a personal loan, which we took out. It's a, a 10.3 APR, which isn't great, but it was better than our credit cards. Yeah. So we moved that over. So we have about $8,155 in that that we owe okay. in that debt to our uh, credit union. And then um, our car died at the beginning of COVID. Oh, no. Yeah. So we got a used car. So we have an auto loan. I know our old car was paid off. Um, but so we have an auto loan at 5.7 APR for 8,000. And then we have one credit card left. So the, so we actually have four credit cards, but three have currently have no balance on them. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we only have one credit card left um, and it had the lowest APR. So it's 9.90. Um, so that was the one that we kept and everything else was higher. So that's so the rest we did the personal loan. And that's 5,885 that we've got left on there. Okay. Um, yes. And then we have the big mama jama behind, <laughs> besides the mortgages are our student loans. So I've got 27,692 in student loans. And in fact, I started out with less student loans and yet the number Ooh, just keeps going up. That's because of the interest rates. Yes. The interest oh, rates. No. And also, you know, again, like we have been in academia for a long time. So we, and we did like postdocs and stuff. And so we were just basically broke for a really long time until we moved here about four years ago. Um, so we've always been paying like the, the income based, yeah. like the lowest. Um, and then my partner's student loans are 55,456. So. Those are our real big ones. Those, those are, are big numbers. Those are very big numbers. Okay. Um, we'll work and, on those. Yes. Yes. And so the, those and which, you know, as you, you know, had another guest person say, like, ironically, we're professors and we, so professors typically have a lot of student loans. And yet we yeah. also are like, we're just going to pay the minimum and not look at it, which is <laughs> not a good uh, philosophy. <laughs> So, um, yeah. and we're eligible for that. Are you eligible for the public loan? Yes, I okay. think we are. And so, yeah, I was going to ask you because you said it was a public university, so I wasn't sure yes. if you qualify. So, you're, yes. So, with you doing the pivot, it might not make sense to do it because mm -hmm. you'll be leaving that world and going into the the world of small business ownership and entrepreneurship. But, um, mm -hmm. But if your husband is on the tenure track and that's the plan and he has the larger loan balance. Yes. Much is he in the program now or? No. Well, this is the thing. It's so silly. Like, as you said, we've got this great spreadsheet and we're tracking with YNAB. And this is the thing that we have been, uh, I don't know. It's clearly psychological, right? That we yeah. have not dealt with it. Um, also discouraging because so many of our friends have tried and been rejected from that program. Their, their paperwork keeps getting rejected. Yeah. And so, although I've heard now it's supposed to be different. getting better, it is getting better. And we yes. had a podcast and I just have to figure out, I'll have to remember what episode and the woman successfully got through the program. 
Oh my god, I'm gonna have to. I must have missed that one. I got a. I got a. And I was looking again today at their website. I was like, oh my gosh, now they have a new, better website. They're clearly trying. So yeah, they're definitely because they got a lot of flack for having like a one percent success ratio. Obviously, yes. they need yes. some work on that. Um, yes, and I got you know each summer I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. We got to do this, and. We just, I would just start looking at the paperwork and feel really confused. And then I guess always wondering like, who could you trust to actually help you move through it? Because there's a lot of predatory Oh, it's people, so predatory you know? people out there. We're doing yeah. another podcast on that and like how to avoid scams. But the tough part about with your personal finances is it's not like when you're like what you just said, your car died, you like immediately have to go solve that problem, right? Because like, yes. otherwise you can't get to work. With your personal finances... It's like at the end of the day, after you worked all day and like had other things you're dealing with and since like, okay, I'm going to pull up the spreadsheet and figure this out. And usually I, I find for most people, it's like after hours. So like you can't yes. call about your student loans then, right? Because they're closed. And right. so you're like, okay, I've kind of figured it out. I'll, you know, do you make the call tomorrow? But then, you know, life happens and work happens. And unfortunately with personal finances, until usually it's front and center, sometimes it just gets ignored. Yes. And having to go in and look at it, especially since it's been in forbearance for now, you know, we're like, great. We just put all of it. So like when my son was, was pulled out of preschool, we just stuck all that money into the house fund. And when the, you know, when we weren't paying our student loans, we we're like, great, we just stuck it in the house fund. And so, and that's all great. That was good. That helped us buy a house actually. But, but yes, now looking at it, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. And I think actually I've worked at other public universities. So I think I might actually have about seven years worth of these. So I actually might be eligible in the next if I may. I'm not sure, but I actually. I don't might. know if they go back. That's the thing we'd have to find out. Yes. So we'll have to see. But definitely my partner definitely. can do it going forward. Definitely. And then that means that all you have to do. Well, not all because it's not that easy, but um, but then he would be then we would just pay the income base on that and he'd be done with it after 10 years, right? And then, yes, that there's no tax on it, it's easily forgiven from a tax standpoint, not from a paperwork standpoint, yes. but but we, it's manageable. And there, because the program has been in existence longer, there are more examples and more articles, and I'm sure there's more than just my podcast where you can hear people who have gone through it, what they've done, and like what helped them stay on top of it, like what their takeaways yes. were. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she. I asked what the takeaways were, like what the recommendation would be if she was advising someone else to go through the program. So that definitely research that for both you and him. Okay, and then let's talk about your, so that's what we have for, for debt and mortgage and student loans. And then let's talk about where we are with spending. So we have, you're bringing in, do you, so do you with the, so I'm just trying to figure out how you do it monthly. Um, with the grand side gigs and at your teaching, do you factor that in as like a monthly number or is that since it's like some of that's over the summer, do you just have that extra cash then over the summer? It's kind of come in throughout. Okay. <laughs> so we just uh, keep applying for things. And so it comes in, that's what we've gotten so far to date this year, oh, okay. but like, some of and some of that money actually we haven't even gotten yet. So I know like two thousand of it we got a grant, but we haven't. Um, we're not going to get that money. I think till like August. Okay. So, um, but that's how much we've been able with our side hustles to amass so far. But yeah, it comes in in like trickles. 
Um, so like the extra teaching will be more of a like bigger chunk because it's about like five thousand dollars. But the other stuff comes in here and there as you know, like one of us gives talks or gets a grant or um, we're just always working on it. So it doesn't come in as a lump sum, I no. guess I should say. It trickles in here and there as we're able to get something. Okay, perfect. Because I'm trying, so I'm trying to figure out from a monthly standpoint. So we have your expenses. We have babysitter, groceries, um, dining out, gas, parking, tolls, household clothing, gifts, giving, Amazon, Netflix. Um, I know. I got quite a, it's from my yeah. YNAB. A lot yeah. of this is from my YNAB. So no, it's perfect. Tracking. And I should say the sitter is also including the preschool. So oh, it's okay, also, perfect. And normally we wouldn't even have a sitter, but um, just because we were teaching asynchronously, we had a Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning sitter who would come into our house, like our one person, because my daughter is doing first grade online. Oh, so, okay. so yeah, so actually our uh, baby, our childcare stuff, I'm so glad that that tax credit is coming because um, our we have been paying a lot more for childcare this year. Right, because if the kids are in school. And we're teaching. We obviously can't be both places. At, well, I mean, we've been teaching via Zoom, so. But yeah, you can't be teaching and helping a first grader do their yes. learning all yes. at the same time. Um, okay, so then all of the expenses come out to be um, $4,605. Yes, and I believe so. Okay, estimate. And then I am just redoing a number on the spreadsheet here um and then with if I have these right with because that doesn't include the mortgage I'm just going to roll those together you I'll just say okay. mortgage meaning mortgage and closing costs like PMI yes yes does it include the mortgage or the loan payments or the because I know we're not paying student loans now but assuming yes. we will in the future so we add up those debt payments. I'm showing that that comes to 3161. Yes. Yes. And that's why right now we're in like a kind of a funny tight spot because we're still paying for our son's preschool, which is almost $900 a month and we'll be paying till August. But then after August, that goes away. Oh, so, that would be nice because right now yes. we're just looking at your monthly we're just <laughs> looking at your monthly income. Yes. Not including side hustles, grants, and all the other things that you're doing to be positive, but between three thousand one sixty one a month, and obviously this, the loans are in forbearance, so that's five hundred that you don't have to pay currently. Um, but if we were assuming you were making loan payments, and then plus the expenses, that comes to seventy seven thousand seven hundred and sixty six dollars a month, and your income without side hustles grants is five thousand seven hundred and fifty. Yes. And so that's why we know we always have to do more. Right. So like our default is that um, my partner can always teach a summer class basically. And sometimes maybe I could teach a summer class too, but okay. we know he for sure can always get that's one, cool. which will always bring in an extra 5,000. Perfect. And then that's a big number. Yes. And then we, and then as you can see, we have our hustles because we're like, ah, <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. So, and then let's talk about this because we also have on save, we, we also on the savings column, 
you have joint savings of, we'll just round up 5,700. You have savings of another $900. And then in retirement, you have just under 49,000. Yep. Which is fantastic. And then uh, your husband has 16,000. Yeah. And he's in like a pension, the one. So I'm in TIAA CREF, um, which is kind of like a 401k for teachers. Correct. And then he is actually in what's more or less a pension plan. So if he's, he works till 65 at our university, then he just is fully vested in the pension, which is great. Um, and this is at the rate that we're, we're going right now. And so that's one of our questions is like, um, you know, our, our, our employer does some matching and then, but we can also, uh, we can also be a part of something that I haven't really researched yet. Like we can actually do like a Virginia cash match plan where we could do more um, with retirement, but I haven't, we haven't done that yet. Mostly because we just couldn't afford to. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, so let's start with the questions and then just so I have a better handle on the, um, do, 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 the budget. So in August, you're going to save 900 a month. And is that going forward? Your son won't be? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's starting kindergarten. Woo! That's fantastic. Okay. Yes. Um, and we're, and also when I'm saying that we're a little upside down on the budget, that's not including the side gigs or anything. Cause I just want to see where we are with monthly yes. salaries. And then yeah. that's also not including what you're going to get for the child tax credit. So all of that is helping you guys stay above water. Yes, exactly. Okay. So we take 900 off. So I'm going to reduce this by 900 on the beautiful spreadsheet we have here. <laughs> you know, I love a good spreadsheet. Yes. So then the sitter cost goes down to like, 375. Does that feel right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, perfect. And so, okay, that gets our number then to with current debt payments and expenses once your son goes to kindergarten. Yay for kindergarten. Um, oh, I have yeah. To- I'm, at one point, we were paying $22,000 a year when my daughter was in preschool and he was in daycare. Like, that's why it took us so long to get a house and we'd be like, we've tripled our income. How is it that we've tripled our income and we're still living paycheck to paycheck? And then we're like, oh. So yeah, when she went into kindergarten is when we started socking money away for the house. And then with the plan that like when he got into kindergarten, then- Do it again. Yes. Perfect. Okay, so then that brings our expenses down to 7,000 and your salaried income to 5,750. And so then with, currently we have the child tax credit, but if we're not using that, that brings the difference down to 1250 a month and that you're bringing in basically with the side hustles and grants yes. and everything. Okay, perfect. So, okay, so let's look at your questions. I'm going to be pulling those up. So let's see. Okay, so what you're going to use, so... Maybe I can run the listeners through this. So with the we're, with getting these child tax credits, the thought here is that we can use you were going to use those towards the credit cards. Yeah. Well, this is because yeah, I guess we're just trying to figure out what. So like obviously we have our little spreadsheets and we can look at our little nitty gritty details, <laughs> but we're like, oh, what is the best thinking ahead if we're thinking long term, three years out, being the most prepared we can be. 
Yeah, our first thought, we've been trying out the um, snowball method. And so we've been, you know, like, you know, getting, going after certain things first. And then when that's paid off, we go after the next thing. So yeah, that was one of our thoughts was we're like, okay, we'll just, every month we'll put that, yeah, that child tax credit towards the last credit card. And then when that payment's off, then we can apply it to other stuff. But I don't know if that's the best idea for the long term. So here, so I love that you guys are doing extra teaching grants, extra, you know, speaking and doing all the side hustles to get ahead. So I think your best option is to get rid of the two loans, the 10.3. I would maybe do that one first because that's accruing more interest because it's a higher interest rate and a higher balance. Oh, that's true. Um, and then go after the credit card, which is just under 6,000, just under 10%. And then um, I'm not as worried about the car payment. Maybe once you get rid of those two credit cards, you could always try and get a cheaper car loan. Oh, okay. Because you'll have less outstanding debt. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. So you might be a more you might be able to get a reduction in interest rate because if you could get that down to like 3% or something like that, then that's fine, right? Well, you have a car payment, you need to have a car, maybe not tackle that if you can get it to a lower interest rate. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I love that idea. But once you get rid of some of that revolving debt, which is going to be the credit card and the personal loan, um you you should be a a, a better risk from a credit standpoint. And so you should be able to maybe get a lower rate on that. Um, Because the other thing that I would have maybe said, but I don't think you'll have enough equity in the house. It depends on, let's say in a year from now, the house is appreciated and you have more equity in the house. You could always potentially take a HELOC on the house, which is home equity line of credit. Um, Well, the house actually appraised at 30,000 above. Perfect. Ha ha. So keep keep that in your back pocket while you're paying off the personal. I because you just closed on it, so I I would wait a minute before you looked at a HELOC. But maybe in six months, when it, and it's, you know home prices are like really going through the roof. Yes, maybe look to see what a home equity line of credit would be, and you could consolidate all of those. Okay, um, and. You know, obviously it depends on credit, but you both are school teacher, not school teachers, professors, and you have steady income, right? W-2 income, which makes it yes. really easy to get approved. Um, you have a tangible property they can lend against. Um, it depends, and I don't know all the numbers off the top of my head, but it will depend on the loan to value ratio usually. So how much equity you have. But if the property price is appreciating, and let's just say in six months it's appreciated another twenty thousand, that's another fifty thousand that you right. technically would have an equity. So maybe they would give you a HELOC for twenty five thousand, but that would clean up a lot of the the personal loans and cards. Mm. And the HELOCs are typically variable, but they usually do like intro offers. Like the first six months is two percent, or the first six months is one percent, and then it goes to a variable rate. But the rates right now are really low. Right. So it will be lower than an APR, the 10.3, 5.7, or 9.9. Okay, yeah. So I would look at that because then they're lending against the house. And so so I would start with the strategy of taking the child tax credit that you're going to be receiving and extra income. And I would tackle that first one first. 
Um, then I would go after um, the, the credit card, which is the, the next highest one. And then in your back pocket, keep a, you know, a handle on where the home value is, like check Zillow and see like where, you know, when it gets up to that number. And then I would look online for your local, you know, banks, credit unions and see what they're offering for HELOC. It's H-E-L-O-C. It's a line of credit. It's not a, some people say it's a second mortgage. It's not really because you don't have to go through the whole mortgage process. Um, It's a line of credit and it's a draw when you open it and you can keep it in your back pocket. Once it's open, it's usually open for 10 years and you can pull on it, pay it back, pull on it again, pay it back. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard of those before. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, I've never owned a house before. Yeah, so well, house. But the key is having you have to have equity in the home, so the appreciation will help you tremendously. Because yes. if you took the mortgage out, you know the value was two seventy five, and now you said it went up twenty thousand, so now it's worth two ninety five. It went up th- when it was appraised; it came in at thirty thousand above. Oh wow! So that's okay. Yeah, so- our oh. realtor said that they they made a mistake. She was like, oh yeah, I would have priced. So it was great. We got a deal. Yes, you got a deal. And if it keeps appreciating, that's a window of opportunity for you to lock in a lower rate money, like lower rate money. And then that makes it makes your payments go farther, right? Because then you're not accruing 10% interest. Maybe you're doing 2% interest, which yeah. is way more reasonable. Um, but I would start with the 10.3, investigate the HELOC over the next few months. I would monitor that home price. And when it seems like, well, we have you know, 25,000 in equity, we can maybe pull on, I would do it. Um, I think it would help you get ahead faster. But I, so I would clean up the debt using either strategy. You know, if you can't get a HELOC, then just go after that higher interest one first. Um, I do think you'd have an opportunity for HELOC in the next six to nine months if the, if the home values keep increasing them. Um, and then I would look at, so maybe for the meantime, in st- with the student loans being in forbearance, I included those in your expenses. Right. I would not make the payments on the student loans, especially if your husband's going to be in the loan forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tackle these this debt because I think to to be able to make this pivot, it'll be much easier if you get rid of all debt except for obviously the mortgage. Right. Um, and then... If one with the plan with the student loans, whatever that plan might be. And I'm not opposed to the car loan. And I really think if you get the debt paid off or aggregate it a lower interest rate, you can probably get a lower interest rate with the, the car loan, or you might even be able to roll that into the HELOC. Yeah. Depending okay. on what you're, what, what you're eligible for. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Fun, fun fact for being a homeowner. We I've done it often, HELOCs. Um, a lot of times I do it for parents who want to help their child with school. And so they take a HELOC and then um, the child pays them back at like a 2% interest rate versus like a 6% interest rate. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, my student loans right now are like 6.8 or something. Yeah. That's where they're at. Which, um, is, which is high. And so lending, <laughs> you know, very high, especially considering what the bank is paying, which is like zero. Yeah. So I think the key to the pivot is going to be cleaning that up because once you get rid of the um, credit card and the higher personal loan, that's $600 more a month in your budget. Wow. 
just with those two. And then if you got your, you know, car loan at a lower interest rate, that would probably also reduce that payment. And let's say that saves you 25 bucks a month. So then you're at 325 just with that. Wow. Yes, that would be a lot. Yeah, I guess we're trying to figure out these. Okay, so this makes sense with the debt. And then, yeah, so as we're able to get down the debt, should we put, do you recommend right now, since I have an opportunity with an employer match retirement that I should, I should put more into retirement or should we just, cause I know I was listening to the, your podcast with the um, real estate guy in Salt Lake city. And he, yeah. you know, he was like, you need your, your like war chest, you know, like you need your savings chest. And so that was one of the things we're trying to figure out is like, should we think really, really long-term, like retirement long-term, or should we think, okay, this is this transition. We just really need to make it through. Um, and I'm obviously willing to take on other jobs and stuff. And as you can see, we're, we are, I'm pretty good at getting gigs and stuff. Um, and so, but yeah, we're just, that's sort of the thing. I think we're, we're having trouble figuring out short-term versus long-term. Yeah. And I think it's, re- it, I think it's really hard because you're juggling all things, right. Which is like, makes it tricky because we we have a little bit of everything here. So in terms of short term, let's say short term is the next three years and retirement obviously is longer term. You're both already contributing to work and your husband gets a pension, which is like so rare. I know. Um, So rare and so wonderful. Um, So what do you know what percentage you're, you're each putting into your retirement plans currently? I think we have to put in 5% as the default. And then our university matches like 8% is how much they put in. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, but I think we can actually put in more. Like I said, there's the like the Virginia cash match. Like think I think we can put in more. And I was like trying to research it today and was like, oh, this is something that'd probably be good for us to do, but we've just never had it. We've never been able to even consider it because we just were living paycheck to paycheck. I'm kind of hesitant to bump you guys up. I mean, I think if you got both to a 15% retirement savings, that would be really good. I do think that when we're looking at savings, one of your questions was emergency funds. Mm -hmm. When you're going to do a pivot, I think it would be important to bulk up your emergency funds in case things don't go quite as planned. Yeah. Um, And so if we were targeting six months in an emergency fund um, with a, a, let's just assume a bare bones um, budget, which yours is already, you know, nothing egregious really. And we'll assume that we have some of the debt paid off. So you really probably need closer to like 36 or 42,000. I just wow. want to, as an emergency fund. And so and I'm also going to throw you another curveball here. Um, okay. Do you and your husband have life insurance? We do. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> we do. It's like, but it's, you know, like, yeah, I I put it up. I, so his is like 500, th- maybe even more for him. Because I was like, if you die, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, yeah. So through, and again, luckily through our, the state, like the state of Virginia, it's really nice. There's perks to working, even though we don't get paid what we're worth. Like there's perks to being part of a government organization. So yes, we have life insurance through that. Okay. 
Perfect. I just wanted to make sure because I was thinking is that God forbid someone gets hit by it, you know, in a yes. accident. Oh, yes. No, I've thought about that. Yeah, we're both on like the maximum, which luckily is still like a tiny amount per paycheck. It's only like $17 per check. It's so small or even lower, you know. So so. I have a question for you. If you were to leave this job, can you purchase it? Does it go with you or is it just as an employee? Oh, that I do not know. So that's something I want you to look at because if you don't, if you're planning on leaving, it would be mm-hmm. good to get your own policy as well. So I don't want to throw another thing into your budget, um, but it, it's really affordable. You could get like 200000 term, which is temporary insurance, just to cover, you know, the rem- the mortgage, like 30 years or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Or even you could maybe even do 20, right? Because then at that point, the kids are old enough. Yes. Right. And then the mortgage is almost paid off and there should be less expenses by the time the kids are 20, you know, they should be out of the house. Yes. So you could even look at 20. That would even be cheaper. Okay. Yeah. No, I would rather that we, we have it and that we don't, that's something I don't want to have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it go, go awry and I hate, you know, it's not a fun topic. No one wants to get, no one's like, Oh, like at a dinner party, let's talk about life insurance. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, an exciting, fun topic, but it's like a, an adult thing. Like you have dependents yeah. and you have a mortgage. And so, and if you're, we're definitely thinking about leaving the job in three years, a lot can change with health and you're yeah. years older. So it would be good to do something now and get that locked in. I, I think for the cheapest, you would do like a lower face value, which is a lower amount and then less years. So 20 years should be, you know, at least get the kids out of the house and then most of the mortgage is paid. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so keep, keep that in the back of your head. Okay. So here is what I'm thinking. I think that with, I think getting the debt like paid off is going to be key because it's going to save so much in your budget. And so strategy would be to start tackling that with the extra income and side hustles and child credit and then investigate the HELOC. And I would, I would give you just like, you just bought the house. Let's see if it appreciates anymore. Hopefully with where the market's going, it will in the next three to six months. And you can, get some cheaper money and aggregate that debt and get it paid off faster. And then from there, I would leave the retirement where it is currently and bulk up on savings just because of the pivot. Yeah. Because otherwise what I'm afraid of, because we can always go back and attack the retirement more, but if God forbid you pivot and it doesn't, the income doesn't come in as quickly or as much as we thought, You'll end up back with a credit card. Right. Yeah. And I'm so, so my plan the next couple of years is to begin building up my portfolio, basically, of writing and so publishing in mag. So I've been doing lots of research, like reading lots of books about it and just like establishing, establishing a social media presence and building a portfolio of, and I can totally do that. I can do that. And I figure like, I'm not going to go out and I've, I've read, you know, heard from your podcast. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not going to like be like, Oh, it's just going to magically happen in three years. I'm like, okay, I have to like in that part as a writer, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know how long it takes to submit and how much you get rejected and how you have to be tenacious. And, and so, and that you have to plan long-term because something might get accepted and then not be published until like a year later. And so that part, I all, I'm like, okay, I know how to do that. I know how to build up that. So I'll have a running start. I won't be starting from scratch. Um, But yeah, the finance part is the part that feels scary. Also that I'm 41, like I'm excited, but I'm also, my partner is 35, so he's younger, but um, 
yeah, just trying to, and I have kids, you know, cause I, I know I've heard you talk about it and other people on your podcast talk about like just the amount of energy you need and, and thinking about that where I'm like, Oh, I have kids. I have like <laughs> certain times when I have to be available, which like in my twenties, I could have done whatever I wanted, you know? And so. Well, I'm they just, do say that, um, women with children are more efficient. I believe that. Yes. You have like, this is your set time. Like you have the, this window of opportunity if it doesn't happen now, which I do think is true because it's they, my dad has always told me busy people get more done because it's like, well, I can only do it now or it's not getting done. So you yes. tend to like not, you know, yeah. dilly dally. No, I think that's true. And my writing career has actually done better since I've had kids because I had to face my mortality that I couldn't just like, oh, I'll do it later. And yeah. And so and also like actually a weird silver lining this year has been I'm an extrovert and I've had to be by myself a lot, you know, because I'm like on Zoom or teaching online and being by myself, even though I like have my first grader around me all the time. But I was like, oh, actually, this is really good practice for being an entrepreneur, like being by myself, you know, like I'm going to have to and and make it my own schedule and being like, okay, here's my schedule for today, because now there's no external, there's nothing external anymore. Like I I can't walk into a classroom at 9am. And so... And that so, is a big change. I had that yes. was something I definitely struggle with. And this is probably one of the first times in my life I haven't had like a co-working space because I'm doing my own budget change. But um, and I finally feel like, especially with COVID, like I've gotten much better at being alone. Yeah, which I'm like, I'm gonna have to do this if I'm going to be full-time writing and sending stuff out and submitting and getting an agent and doing all the da 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 I'm like, okay, well, I have to be able to organize my time efficiently and do it by myself and follow it even after I work. And actually, and so I feel like this has actually been a really interesting practice run of watching myself and making adjustments and um, being like, okay, I can do this. You know, it's not my fave, but I, I don't, I, you know, I also won't have my first grader with me all the time. Oh, and our new house has a little home office. Oh, ah! amazing. Yes. I won't be at our kitchen table, which is the other thing I'm excited about. It's like, okay, this is going to be my office for my work. So yeah, we're just really trying in every way we can to, to really make this pivot successful. And yeah, this is so helpful because the finance stuff has been the thing that we're like, I know how to do a lot of the other things, but this has been the thing that we haven't known how, what exactly, it's not our wheelhouse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So while we were chatting, I rejiggered your spreadsheet. And so here's kind of high level what I'm thinking. All right. So what I'd like to do before you pivot is get your expenses, all expenses, down to match your current income, because then you know what you have to hit when you go to pivot. Mm, yes. Okay. So I reduced dining out by $200 a month, which is a pretty substantial reduction, but you could take that 200 that I took right out of dining out and you could even it out amongst groceries or, I don't know, household items or something. And so- that's going to be tough, but it's just temporary. It's not permanent, yes. right? And so this is just going to help you get to that next point where you can pivot. So I took 200 from there. I also then, and this is what it's going to look like hopefully in a year from now, 
with all the side hustles and the tax credit, I'm hoping that we can get the credit card, you know, the loans paid off and mm-hmm. the car loan paid off because then you're going to get the 6600 right, for the child ta- tax credit. Yeah. And then we have 11400 coming in from the side hustles. And so yeah. that comes to a wonderful total of 18000 right? And so that yep. will immediately knock off the credit card and the 10.3% APR mm. and leave a little bit of room to knock off the car. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. And so that's in like one year, right? If wow. or you said that's for 2021. So it depends on how it all comes in, but yeah. with, with the side hustles, grants, extra teaching and the child tax credit that gets you to 18,000. So it reduces your debt dramatically and eliminates those payments. And then maybe you can find a way to get the rest of the car payment done or get a lower payment. And then without, you know, let's say we were able to wipe out all three within, we'll just say a year. Wow. Then you get your, and by reducing your overall expenses by $200, however you want to do that, maybe one month it's you reduce dining out, maybe the next month you reduce groceries I however you want to do it oh yeah food is our like one that's our one spot that we know we could do better on (laughs) to be honest like I think everyone when you go to look at it can do better on it like I can and I am currently on like a little budget program myself and so we just ordered dinner last night but I looked at the numbers and so as long as I ate that for two meals it was totally feasible and my boyfriend was like, let me have a little. I'm like, no, 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 no. Half of that is my lunch. Do not touch that. <laughs> Do not touch that food. That is my lunch. It has to be my lunch because I'm, you know, being very diligent about what yeah. I'm doing. So figure out what it is you want to cut out. Alternate monthly if that makes it easier. But I really think you could probably cut out $200 within the month. It's 50 a week. And then with that extra income, you'll really dramatically reduce all that debt. And then that frees up a ton of money in your budget if you're able to eliminate all that debt, right? Yeah. There's um, another $800 a month in your budget. Yeah. And so then that, when you're looking at the numbers, so then I took your expenses down to 3500 and then the mortgage and closing cost mortgage and then the student loan payments, they work out to be a total of 2371 when we eliminate all that debt, which I really believe you can. And I, you can probably do it within the next 12 months with all the side hustles and child tax credits. But if you have the opportunity to do the HELOC, I would, because you can just have that line open in case of emergencies and you can pay it off in one sweep and then pay off the HELOC over the remaining months at a lower interest rate. Yeah. But then by cutting your expenses, that brings that down to 3,500. So plus the 20, we'll just call it 2,400. That brings your expenses down to like 5,900, which is almost where you are with just your income. Yes. And then that means the following year, all the grants and gigs and extra teaching go into savings. And then, mm. or so let's say we just saved 10,000 from that, right? Because now we have gotten rid of all the debt, which is like $800 a yeah. month. So now you save that $800 a month into cash over, we'll just say the next 24 months. So that works out to be 19200 that you put into savings, plus you already have 5600 in there. So that gets you almost to 25000 Wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. 
And so then, and then in that next few years, if you're working on the pivot, right. And you, mm-hmm. I would try and target where you're going to net. I would try and net around what you're netting now, which is 28 or even a little bit greater. If you can figure out a way to do 3000 a month, that would yeah. be really comfortable. And then that means with just that and your husband's salary, not including side hustles, you have retirement, right? We're yes. Six, and then you can figure out, you could do a traditional IRA on your own outside of that. And so you can still be saving and your husband's still saving. We have now gotten rid of, you know, all the, the expensive debt and you're on a payment program for the loans. Uh, yeah. Ideally, your husband's in the public loan uh, forgiveness program, and then we'll see what you're eligible for. Um, and then, but then you're meeting your monthly expenses. So if you make more than that, then that can go into savings or can go for increasing your retirement. Oh, that'd be so exciting. So, so the key here is reducing and not dramatically, but trying to find $200 a month out of the expenses we went through and then using every dollar towards knocking away all that debt. Well, and I think ironically, again, once, um, because hopefully the kids will go back to school in the in the fall they'll have the vaccine will be ready because we noticed as like everybody did that our grocery bills went up and so I also think like when our kids are eating you know their lunches at school and they're you know like I think it will actually be really easy I mean we can start it tomorrow I mean that's our one thing that we're sort of luxurious in is the food um but and we'll start that right away but also I'm thinking like oh yeah once the kids go to school that actually also is going to cut down on groceries because we're all just home all the time right now yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like I have actually never had the luxury of buying groceries for like a month because I never was in one place. And so that was like my first, one of my first experiences being like, oh, wow, I have to buy food for a whole month because I'm only going to the grocery store for one month because we're yes. in a pandemic and you can't just yes. go. Um, yes. So yeah, I think it's very, very doable. And if you add up what you have coming in with the child tax credit and what you have coming in with the side hustles, you'll be able to knock out the majority of that debt. And then- if you can grab like one more speaking gig or mm-hmm. what have you, I think you'll really move the needle because knocking out that debt saves $800 a month. Wow. Yes. Actually, now that I think of it, I've got a gig in the September. If it all goes right, that'll bring in another like $300. So yeah, we're able to get like lots of little ones, you know, like, and then sometimes we get a big one and we're trying. I mean, we also get rejected a lot, but you know, you gotta hey, try. You gotta try. You don't know until you ask. Yeah, exactly. And and we're doing good so far. So So I would love to have you back on in like twelve months and see where yes. you are. Okay. Oh my gosh. That was very exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting. And I would just remind you that these tweaks and being so diligent about budgeting and will really you'll like make strides in twelve months. You'll be surprised how far it goes. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about this because I'm like, okay, we're gonna, now I have a plan. Cause that was a thing. I think we've just been like, ah, like first it was buy the house and can we get a house? And, you know, a poet and artist, we had kind of given up our dream. Like we kind of gave that up when we decided to pursue our careers. And so the fact we could even get a house was incredible. And then, and now it's been like, okay, but how do we pivot? And, and so it's just so helpful to like have a plan because that's when the thing is we've kind of, we know the nitty gritty, but the big framework plan is what we've been missing. 
Yeah. So your goal is going to be reduce monthly expenses by 200. If you can do more amazing and always remember if it goes really well one month and the next month you kind of fall off, that's fine. Just get back on the horse and try again and then get rid of, you know, tackle the debt starting with the highest interest first. And I really think you can make a huge dent in 12 months. And then from there, we'll use that same money you were spending on debt payments towards your emergency fund so that you can pivot. And then once we get you into the pivot and you're you're a successful um, children's book author, then we'll talk about how you can save for retirement using that, which we can do a SEP IRA, which would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. This so is perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I definitely want to have you come back as a follow-up. Yes. So yes. So stay in touch. Um, and hopefully, uh, did I answer all your questions for today? Yes. No, this is really so helpful. It actually gives us like a, a base to spring off of, you know, which is what we've been we've been trying to figure out for months. Good. Well, good. I'm glad. And so for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information. Um, we are Future Rich Podcast. And you can also check us out online at www.futurerichpodcast.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.